welcome to another lovely Sunday here on Rabbit Holes. Hey, Sarah, how's it going over there in Birdland? Oh, you know, tweet, tweeting away over here. Tweet, tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. No. I'm surrounded by a flock of geese, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> that Them's the breaks. That's that. Uh, I, I don't know if uh, active God coverage works on a podcast when it comes to, like, invaded by birds or... You know, <laughs> oh, it sounds like they're leaving. Maybe just I don't know. Sweet, we'll see if we can get them in post. We'll get them in post. Yeah. We'll see what we can do. Nah, we'll we'll leave them. They're raw elements of the island. They're a yeah. sample of the see, that's Hawaiian yeah. living right there. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Sarah, who do we have with us today? <gasps> so we got Angela Hirschbaum from Maui Aloha Wellness. Hi, Angela. Aloha. <laughs> So Angela's actually my friend and my life coach. So I thought it'd be fun to have her on today. Dig it. Dig it. Dig it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did uh, I did peep some of your Instagram, checked out your web pages and stuff. Looks pretty cool. Uh, yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself for the friends at home. Uh, aloha. My name's Angela. I have been on the wonderful island of Maui for 16 years and been life coaching Sarah and other wonderful human beings on island and nationwide. Um, moved here as an East Coaster, so I'm a little loud. Don't I? We love loud. You, you have been warned. Um, but yeah, live up country, have a daughter, and just live in that entrepreneur life, um, making things happen. Dig it, dig it, dig it. All right, well, we'll learn some more about you and from you along the way as you help us pick apart the uh, sanity and insanity of life. Uh, Up next, announcements. Hey, folks, if you've got anything uh, for your nonprofits and uh, community organizations on Maui or abroad on the mainland, your civic clubs, your hui's, your halau's, you like talk story and tell the world what's going on and what you need kukua for, let us know. We'll put it on air. And political candidates, I'm looking for you. We got a bone to pick. There's a lot of stuff coming up. And uh, some of you may actually want to get up here and defend yourselves because, I mean, we got a lot of interesting, like, Senate and House bills that we're trying to pass right now because we got some corruption issues in uh, in most of our, our, our local and state politics. Like, it's a problem. It's, 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 uh, it, it's a noticeable problem. So uh, maybe <laughs> some of those new candidates – coming out they can address those problems and maybe promise not to make more problems like that you know every time i say problem take a drink kids oh no wait don't don't it's 10 a.m don't do it don't um yeah i'm in another time and space okay so um guys you know what the way to the world everything that's going on let's just peel it back a second and worry about the most important things and by important things, I mean the food that goes in our stomachs. And by important food, I mean not important food. And by not important food, I mean drive through food. Hey, there's a Sonic. Why are we putting a Sonic in Kahului? What? A Sonic? I didn't even know Sonic still existed. I kind of agree to an extent, but spending half my life in California, it's uh, it's one of those things like Jimmy John's. You're like, is it gone? Who cares? Like, why is there another Chick-fil-A? Just, no, thank you. <laughs> uh you know, but I think I'm surrounded by a couple of people that wouldn't even care, like if if like the Sonic never even appeared. But um, I don't know the the public response is kind of odd to me because it's I don't know 
in a land where like even the junk food is top shelf, why do we want these like <laughs> mid shelf? Like, is it inflation that brings something like like this to become a delectable item? I mean, like we got McDonald's, and even then we assimilated McDonald's. So I think the only thing that I'd be okay with on on the Sonic is. Uh, is if they assimilated it, but then that's QPs. So then, like, yeah, why do right. I, yeah, you know? So it's like, uh, I, I don't, you know, I hope it makes for at least interesting business. I know, I don't know. I mean, it's Sonic, so it no, might no. feel like a Jack in the Box. I'm like, we already got a Jack in a Box. Do we need a Sonic too, or is it replacing the Jack in the Box? No, it's not replacing the Jack in the Box. I don't think it is. Yeah, we oh, got the- a raising cane coming too. You know, it just uh, there's like four new drive-throughs coming through, or what is it? Fast food restaurants coming. Uh, huh. Safeway's got, I think it's Taco Bell, Raising Cane, yep. Chick Fil A, and then Sonic. I mean, come on, what's going on, Kyle Louis? Well, and and but I mean, but how many how many people can afford to start like an actual like restaurant business right now in this economy? That's so, true. So leave it to the mega so franchise monopoly of America. Exactly. Yeah, because like half of those labels that we just mentioned are owned by the same super conglomerate. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, with that being said. I'm sorry that there's another uh, slice of acreage uh, going to waste on the island. But in positive news, has anybody heard about who's on the new quarters? <gasps> I did see It's pretty that. amazing. It's so awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So for those of you who don't know out there, uh, uh, Kumu Edith uh, Kanaka Ole is going to be featured on the quarter. They're, they're starting to do this whole series of, like, exceptionally awesome women of history and, uh, like, yeah, she she really sits up there. Uh, so for those of you who don't know about her, like, she's kind of a cornerstone piece of preserving the, the like, during a huge period of erasure with not many people that had, like, full access to knowledge or had the patience to spread the knowledge, she was at the forefront of doing so and protecting it. And, uh, yeah, the least that we could do in a capitalist society is put her on a quarter so people have to go, who's this lady? Why do I have to know about this in social studies class in fourth grade? It's good, though. It's good. Great. Absolutely. It's a perfect learning lesson for people. Hey, mm-hmm. you know how many people have to know who Sacagawea is just because of the dollar coin? <laughs> like, I mean, that confused me as a kid when I was, like, a pool boy at the – at the country clubs because like back in the era of like dollar bills and change, like you could put a 20 in some of these damn machines and they'd be like, clack, 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 Sacagawea coins. You'd be like, is this even currency? And then like all the other rich kids are like, Oh daddy, I had to carry this change now. And it's like gold is changed to you. God, what a travesty. Oh, Oh, so, um, yeah, she made a she made a really big impact. It's cool that we uh, at least made a quarter. Um, they got some other cool people coming on those quarters, like Maya Angelou and uh, and Sally Ride, female astronaut. You know, um, Very cool. I don't know. I think as far as like since I've got ladies on the day, it's uh, I mean, are quarters enough? Are there things that like we could be better focusing on with this triumph? I or is this a nice a little nice button gesture. on history? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think it's ever enough, right? All right. So, um, 
Uh, important things coming out right now in the Senate and the House. Uh, we got a, quite a few anti-cronyism uh, bills. Um, I know uh, Sarah's not too... Uh, well, she's still, le- she's still learning, bless her heart. Uh, but Angela, Angela, you're, uh, I, I, I have heard great stories and fables of uh, your disdain for modern politics and that you have an opinion. <laughs> well, are creating bills really going to work? I mean, come on. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, regulation is like the only way to create efficiency. I mean... I, I can say as a, as an apologetic Republican, um, we've deregulated the country to where there's nobody that has any rule books in front of them. So people True. who inherit these jobs and as someone who's actually like worked in uh, um, local and state government is there's not enough torch passers. There's torches just being dropped. You have Monao lying on the ground. You have, yeah. yeah, you know, and so because of that, there's nobody there's nobody that's really there to tell you how the machine operates. And more and more each year we have less and less government workers and more elected officials than we do have people participating in the system. And that kinda that upsets the balance quite a bit in what gets done and how things can get done better. Nobody wants to run for government, right? Everyone wants to complain, but nobody wants to be be involved. You're a former worker in government? Tell me more, Kavika. Uh, I did, uh, yeah, I did work for uh, quite some time for the uh, city secretary's office of Oceanside in California. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, that was uh, it was a solid experience. Um, <laughs> I I really only got it because uh, they were transferring to computers. So they, you had to, you had to, like, that's how they would talk to you in the interviews. It'd be like, do, uh, do you know the Windows 98? Good, good. Because even though Windows XP just came out, we're not even running Millennium Edition. We, our only IT system is Clippy. So you better know more than Clippy. Um, it was definitely like my, like, boring government job. Although the, the brightest side of that was there was a, a giant machine that I got to destroy documents with. Like it was big enough to eat a small child. Uh, awesome. Yeah. So like you had to take your tie off. There was like this little sign on the side that was just like, <laughs> take your tie off before wow. using this machine. You could put a three ring binder in it. I was able to wow. throw whole hard drives. I was able to put like old scuzzy hard drives from like the police chiefs or whatever. It didn't matter. Right. Yeah. They're just like, here, here's some. You destroyed the secrets. No. And it wasn't even, it's boring stuff because like most (laughs) of these guys didn't even know how to use their computers. So like, I mean, and that's the thing, like if there's anything that I've learned about like being in a bureaucrat family is that like cops can't hide anything. So like half the stuff that we just like aren't publicly noticing is our own fault because like these are guys that like don't know technology they still rely on like what's left of the steno pool to do most of their job for them. So like admin secretaries tend to run police departments more than police chiefs do. They're like the nurses of police departments. Yeah. Oh my God, you are so right. And that poor lady, I don't know if you guys talked touching that lady that died from MPD. Was it that two weeks ago? I keep driving, driving by her memorial. Oh, I didn't. Hear- Did you hear about that? She was chasing a guy that stole her purse out of her car and like, Oh, yes, yeah. On Oahu, right? No, here. Right there by King K. Okay, so how is this bill going to work? When I read it, I'm like, okay, slap on the wrist. But Well, and see, and that's, you know, and I I agree with you on that one. Because the problem is, is like, 
one, they're 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 putting this on super PAC money. And you like once the money is in the super PAC, you don't have to confirm who gave you the money in the super PAC. It's 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 a money hole. Right. So it's you disgusting. That yeah. shouldn't even exist. So like so the thing is is like a an outside donor, like say if like the Koch brothers wanted to like really ride again, like, all right, you may be dead, brother, but let's go uh, invest your eight billion into dark tax money on your behalf in uh, in your legacy. And uh, they would literally just go and they'd find eighty family members and they'd do it as ten thousand dollars each. You know? And then the crazy part is is because super PACs don't have to be connected to a a candidate. So you could start a super PAC on behalf of a candidate, and then you can spend as much as you want as a special interest, and really they can't touch you. So why, like, I, I, I wholly agree in the sense of this bill is, like, why are we creating something that obviously has a loophole around it? Right. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a rule for fool's sake. It's just to say, hey, look, we made a rule. Like, and I think that that's what I like to call it political theater. It's like, yeah. look, we tried to fix it. And then so meetings for meetings, loopholes in? like these loopholes are per- on purpose. You think? Well, no, it's, these are, these are lazy constructions to look like they did oh. something, but they don't really want to tear the system apart because it's functional for them. If it ain't uh, broke, don't fix it. So let's I'm just so put, broke. let's just put a <laughs> let's put a fake bandaid on it. But that's the thing is yeah. like none of these guys want to do any hardline like real regulation. The nothing's right. they're not out here to like price fix a banana or figure out you know housing control or you know open up the insurance market. They're you know they're just trying to maintain their personal status quo. Um. But I, I I do I do like the fact that they they will put a new fund in for a uh, attorney general staff on the SB twenty nine thirty. So I mean so so what Angela is referring to, folks, we we're just um, we're talking about uh, Senate bills five fifty five, Senate bill twenty nine thirty, and House bill fourteen twenty three right now. That's that's up here in Hawaii, and so like the biggest part of it is we've got a lot of crony. Uh, uh, politicians, uh, and they're floating in, uh, around in a lot of spaces. Uh, I mean, we've also got some guys that are taking bullets just because of association, but I think there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that are taking advantage of a broken system right now. And then because of that, for what few shining attributes these politicians have, people are ready to throw them away to the wolves and replace them with, in some cases, unqualified or only other choice candidates. And we may just have to go through that dark ages to come out better in it. Uh, thoughts, anyone? Oh, I just feel like young people that, yeah, no more than Windows 99 need to start running. It's just such a system that no one believes in anymore. I mean, I'm going to get big about it. Like, it's... <sighs> well, I think that we, we run into an issue with, with how much civics is actually taught. I mean, I, I think what, what kind of falls out in our parents' generation is that, like, it wasn't a requirement, you know? We're staring at, like, a whole generation through that was graduating high school in the 70s and the 80s that, like, minimum requirement to survive was uh, one year of uh, English, uh, a couple years of P.E., and then uh, senior ditch day was most of your junior year. So, and, and you can get away with it. Like, I mean, and that's even in the best states. Like I went to high school in the state of California and I mean, I learned from my, my, my AP teachers and they were like, yeah, you guys are doing 
eight times the load of your parents. So anytime your parents complain, remind Whoa. them. Yeah. So that's the thing is like high school extra requirements for California in the 1970s, 74 credits. High school extra requirement in 2003, 240 credits. Wow. Okay. So our generations had to do anywhere between five and eight times more, depending on the type of schools you go. And that's, and that wasn't even like a high end school. That was like me having to take extra classes just because I wanted to fit in theater. And they're like, well, you also have to do the SAT and the ACT too. And, and then we did all those things. And then now like this year, they're like, Oh, you know what? We're going to cut those credits in half. Cause that was way too much. And then, uh, you don't have to take the SAT anymore, kids. Uh, the UC program will figure it out, but uh, thanks to everyone else who did it, and we're worried, you know, uh, sorry if we ruined any lives in the process, <laughs> you know. So it's just well, they, they took away the SATs during COVID, and then they brought it back, right? And they're taking it. They're to? taking it away again. Yeah. Damn! I yeah. should have went to. <laughs> yeah. I sucked at that SAT. Yeah. See, and that's the thing. It's like, well, but how many people are actually going to have the chance to go back to college now? Because they won't have you know, a gateway exam that's not exactly like, I mean, there's a certain point in high school where like the standardized test isn't going to get you anything more than does monkey know how to push button. Totally. Yeah. So, I mean, there's no fuzzy logic in that. I mean, that's why we have, you know, counselors in high school and in college, you know, because we're trying to discern the value of the person while they're struggling with the, you know, the understanding, the knowledge. Well, and young people just, I don't know, are they even going to college? Everyone's becoming an entrepreneur and making their own way and don't believe in government. I mean, Maui is full of, oh yeah. you, you drive to oh, Keaton and it's like, yeah. you are sheep. Yes. You know? Oh my God. You, you hit quite the button. You, you hit quite the button. <laughs> oh, I love this button. This is so, so yes, no. Oh, well, see, it's, it, it comes in two phases. So there's, so Hawaii sits in a bit of a whirlwind point. Okay. So I, I liken most of living in Hawaii and coming back to it, you know, um, as far as, like, it's Midwest living. We're 10 years in the past. Pearl, mm-hmm. Pearl Jam albums yep. are still relevant. Why, oh, my why, God, you, you know? did not bring a Pearl Jam. But that's it. But, I mean, come on. How many, Pearl Jam is. <laughs> have, you, have you seen the Howley Slaves on the weed farms? Yeah, they know who Pearl Jam is. So... <laughs> <laughs> His ex-wife lives here. So yeah, so I mean that's the thing, is like so it's kind of I mean, it's it's this latchkey like nineties California era that Hawaii's like been stuck in for like twenty years. And it's I mean, you have a lot of kids that are just detached from reality because the economy's been poor enough to put kids on the street. I mean, I've got cousins and friends who are putting up 16-year-old kids every other night on the couch because their parents can't afford their own place half the time, you know? So, I mean, so are we equipped? You don't even have a people equipped to, to govern themselves, police themselves, or provide jobs for themselves. This is why colonials tend to do really well when they move to Hawaii because they come with outside equity. So, yeah. you know, anybody who's managed to make their way to Hawaii without, you know, from the outside, not as someone who's lived in it or having to be born in it or pushed out of it. I mean, that that's a that's a huge difference in available resources. Mm-hmm. Ooh, 
Ooh, my daughter played punch buggy out of state tags. Like you drive around now, California, New York, Oregon, the digital nomads that come here and flood the Airbnbs to come do their influencer stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's um, it's unbelievable. Well, I I think that what what comes with that is like now we have a whole subculture that's trying to catch up with it. So you have this like digital honey boy generation that's trying to hop in. You have the occasional, you know, it's you know how how do the 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 female creators of Hawaii try to attach this? But then I think they they just get lost in the pra- the impractical things, and they don't they don't latch on to any of the practical items that they could be learning from these or turning these into real jobs instead of being a guru of a guru of a guru because half of these guys are just selling a youtube class of a youtube class of a youtube class i mean how many ads a day are out there that people get enticed by in these parts for uh bitcoin scams like give me give me a thousand dollars and we'll give you we'll give you ten thousand dollars in bitcoin in six hours i swear i swear right now just thousand dollars and then they turn around they they give you ten thousand bitcoin and then they go but we need twenty five thousand dollars and then you give it because you think that it's gonna happen and then you're out you're out twenty thousand dollars bro don't do that so uh, how does the government regulate it when it's not even truly the people that live here? When I moved here 16 well, years ago, I had to fight my way to find my acceptance, if you know what I mean. Like, I had to prove my worth as a half-howly <laughs> lady. Yeah. Um, but now it's just, I don't know. It's I call it maui Fornia. Um. Eh, well, it's a little beyond that. I mean, we're like the Falkland Islands of the Pacific. So it's a colonial paradise. I mean, there. I mean, if there's anything that I, I notice, like especially like working in the entertainment scene, and then like occasionally peering into the 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 concierge and uh, uh, hotel scene because of locations and stuff. It's like yeah, it's we're 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 not we're not really assimilating to an American format. We're actually like we're in an expat paradise. We're we're United States light. We're all the yeah. fun of colonialism without being held accountable. So that's how you get, like, you know, out-of-control businesses and, and landowners. It's, I mean, our last episode I talked with a guy who is literally there's there's supposed to be land for, for Hawaiians going onto the homestead. There's people on a wait list for days, yet there are yeah. non-beneficiaries that are allowed to purchase this land and use it. What? Yes. Yeah. There's there's land all over the homestead that's that's in technical use by non beneficiaries. Oh my god. So okay. So the government comes out of the political theater saying we're gonna slap people on the wrist, but this is their job. What are they doing? Well, I mean, fix that's, it, Tamika. Fix it. Well, <laughs> that that takes. We need we need more people running for office. We you know so um, but uh, you know speaking of the corruption. Uh, a community question was kind of uh, brought up to me recently by a uh, by a source, and because uh, they they were asking about the the new uh, Maui police chief that they had to bring in from Vegas, because uh, we we had uh, wait well I mean there there's obvious corruption in MPD. I mean I I I hate to say that out loud. I mean but if they think there there's you know. Uh, uh, if anybody's angry with that statement, uh, be angry with yourselves. I mean, 
what kind of child su- sends a man to pick him up and then like hang out with him like on a beach somewhere and like bro what did you see like it, so that's kind of like what got us into the whole mess i mean you guys are aware that like what happened with that that stupid like fender bender at queen kaumanu mall with the old police chief and then like no, tell no, yeah no, no. okay so then like so like this is the whole way that it started so we we already had some issues with like are are the cops not tough enough on crime but then at the same time the state's just it's the usual police state machine of just like you got to make your quota numbers and nobody's making quota and it's like bro it's a pandemic how are you going to find crime if everybody stay at home and True, yeah. so i mean so you've got more speed traps lately which like in some cases some of them make sense because of like drinking and driving is a huge freaking problem but like especially yeah yeah, half the fatalities are alcohol. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we've got nearly half the fatalities are alcohol. And nobody nobody wants – so the only people that are kind of making a dent on that is, you know, the uh, the the new uh, MPD regime because they're at least, like, holding drivers responsible. We're getting more checkpoints. I mean, but I, and I can definitely say that, like, there's uh, there's a lot of cases with the old regime that, like – there, there were people I knew that were like, oh, yeah, shoots, no, I had no problem getting home. I was like, dude, there was a checkpoint. Yeah, they just kind of do checkpoint for checkpoint's sake, bro. I was fine. And I'm like, bro, you had like, you were like 10 sheets to the wind, and they let you through a checkpoint. So it's like now oh. knowing that they actually like, now like under the new, the new you know, management, like people actually get pulled over now. I can attest right. to that. I, you know, I, I can see that they're actually people pissed and they're getting pulled over. So I think to some degree people are mad at that. But I also see another huge problem in this is that like he's from what I hear is that we have more officers from his old precinct being optioned to come out of here. Ninth Island, baby. So, well, yeah, but so, but then like to what degree is that like, are, are we bringing, Hawaiian's back from Vegas that are looking for jobs, or is he just bringing back other crony cops and we're going to have a whole new level of corruption because it's just going to be, now we're just going to have colonial Pinkertons at that point. So and where are they going to live? In the new air, in the new Airbnb that's being made in Napili. Yeah. And I'm sure that uh, sooner or later there'll be our advertising overlords, just like these guys in a word from our sponsors. And we'll be back right after this. Moving forward. We live in a fast-paced world where many people are too busy to sit down and read books or news articles. But thanks to Newsly, you can now listen to the news you wish you had the time to read. By utilizing AI technology, a natural human voice reads you the news, helping you grasp the information faster and more efficiently. Newsly provides the latest news updates 24-7, letting you browse articles from topics you choose. It even has podcasts, including ours. And listeners of Rabbit Holes can get their first 30 days of premium for free, allowing you to enjoy an ad-free experience by using the special promo code in our episode description. So download Newsly today for free on iOS and Android or visit www.newsly.me so you can stay updated on the things that matter to you. Moving forward.
we're back. Sarah, Angela, we're back. We're back we're for back. more. Hey, what are we hi. back for? Um, so uh, let's uh, let's uh, look at the rest of the world right now. Um, so I, you know, I was speaking about good regulation earlier. So things things that we can do with regulation that can change the world for the better. Um, there was discussion on the mainland today about the House passing a bill uh, to regulate insulin to thirty five dollars a treatment. Finally. Yeah. See, that's <laughs> that's, that's that's about <laughs> like yeah, that's about where we should all be in America. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, how European of us. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how late? <laughs> how late to the game of us. Um, but we uh, we we actually like there's there's enough support from the Democrats, but there's like no Republicans out there. So if any Republicans are secretly listening, which you're probably not, but hey, chance them, uh, bro. What you gonna do about it? Cause like I mean, we we're kind of like at the precipice of medical change in, in society. Like, and I think that if we can get towards socialized medicine at least, that could bring up enough slack to where like more businesses go ahead. Why are why wouldn't Republicans want the want insulin to be thirty five dollars? Because a lot of them own the pharmaceutical companies, which is a funny thing. Which is a really funny thing because the same over-elected asshats that tell you don't trust the vaccine, don't vaccinate. Their mum, their mumsies and daddies own money in the vaccine and the vaccine distributor companies. Okay? When you think about this, all right, so uh, as far as, like, richest people in America, there's only, like, 35 families. Okay? And then after that, there's 234 millionaires in America. Like full time, full liquid millionaires, like not like hundred thousandaires that can pretend in front of poor people and get away with Wait, it. Wait, how many? Did you say millionaires or billionaires? Millionaires, yeah. And I then feel like isn't it everyone a millionaire these days? Almost. That's what they tell but me no. on Facebook. Well, and see, and that's the thing is like who's who's a real liquid millionaire and who's a functional millionaire? You know? Okay. Okay. And that's the thing is like, but I mean, but even that, that's a lie. So that's, I mean, the craziest part is like how many people say how much they make versus like how much they think they make versus what their actual take home is. I mean, your average American's take home in the working class, which is nearly 40% of America right now, is taking home less than $60,000 a year. And of nearly half of those people, they're not even taking anywhere between twenty-five dollars and $35,000 a year. When the national average is supposed to be $450,000 a year. Oh my God. So your average person that's where, and that's what people don't get when I get angry about like $15 an hour is people don't understand that you're still paying people a 10th of what's required by the economy for what we think is middle class, pay your bills, go to college, fall in love, make babies, get down at night. <laughs> and it doesn't happen anymore because business owners, business owners don't feel that they're obligated to do it. You know, they see all these large corporations that treat everybody like crap. They see all these other terrible movie sets that treat people like crap. I mean, why do you why else do you think everybody wants to be a guru now? Because at least if you can make eight they're making eight hundred and ninety-nine dollars a seat on a virtual experience on how to change your life today. And that's what you know. But and then the crazy part is is how much low hanging fruit is out there that buys into that. Okay? So like case in point, want to be told. People want to be told what to do. There's a yeah. lot of people that. Oh yes. Yeah, people that have I want. 
why do and you if there's hope you know that's why that's why loki's my favorite marvel character he points it out like it is people love subjugation they can't think on their own it's yeah. it's a terrible thing to think but like to a certain degree you're withheld to the standards of the rest of the hive mind so you care more about what other people think of you than what you think about yourself yeah yeah well, public school gets you ready for that, right? Worker B, tell me what to do, what next, what next, what next. Well, that, but that doesn't even do that anymore. That's, I mean, it's, it, I mean, that really just shows, tells you how to show up and clock in. It doesn't even tell you how to engage anymore because, I mean, they're, they're diploma mills. I mean, unless you end up going, sending your kids to like a technical high school, you're not, I mean, or you could send them to one of those weird uh, German brain camps where they check your humors, you know? <laughs> Like, I was always, like, I don't know anything about, like, the Waldorf schools in Hawaii, but if there's anything oh, that God. I know. I, my, my kid went there. What do you need to know? So, so here's something I needed to know about, about, about the, the, the Hawaii version of the Waldorf school. Because at the German ones, okay, they don't give you a regular grade. They judge you based on your humor. So, like, you can get a report card that says you're sanguine. What? Yes. You know what? The... The Walder School here is full blown entrenched in a Hawaiian culture. It's very impressive. Well, that's good. They're not reading, but you know what? <laughs> you don't learn reading? to read in, in Finland and Germany. You don't learn to read until you're about eight or nine, and so they follow that same philosophy here. Ah, uh, so it, it really relies to keep on... them young and keep them. And I had to pull my kid out of there because I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah, no, that's blind indoctrination to the parents. That's that's a very that's a very pre it's a very pre World War Germany aspect of uh, it the, is. Yes, yeah, that's a that's a. Mm, Ooh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. like, wait. Yeah. And I smell cult vibes. Yeah. Well, no. So, like, you should totally look into their their that that they do give off cult vibes because their their uh their home base their HQ versions of of uh, the Waldorf schools are very much like uh, being in Scientology. At times, the Waldorf school is is compared to being like Scientology really? in Germany. Yeah. So that's why, like, I was always confused when, like, I, I knew some people who were just like, yeah, we sent our kids to Waldorf. And I'm like, what's it like having Stepford children? You know, because, like, you, you kind of, you leave the child as a blank slate until they're 10, which is total, like, the German soldier routine. Like, you, you want to create a detached little human being that's moldable. You want them to be mashed potatoes like the Winter Soldier until they're 25. And that's how you do it. Because if you, if you make it to where, like, Mommy and daddy have to give you everything short of like still breastfeeding you at the age of 10, then you're dependent. You're a hundred percent dependent, you know? So it, in it for, it's like, it's like having a rodent for a pet, you know, like chinchillas, you're supposed to just put them on your shoulder and then they sit up there and they're so scared they won't jump down. And that's how they imprint. <laughs> you literally, you, you have to imprint your children like chinchillas through fear and I think on some degree that appeals to Hawaiian mothers because they love instilling fear. I should know. I have <laughs> We both have Latin mothers, so we know too. Yeah, oh, we know. Yeah. We know. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was the best analogy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so insulin. Yeah, lost that topic a long time ago. But you know what? Moving on to other things is um, – 
Uh, Biden is uh, is buffing the space budget, but not for like NASA stuff, but for like Space Force stuff. But like, is this still cool? I mean, I know we talked on our pilot episode about moving to space, but like, in in, in the sense of like, you know, uh, is is this is this a necessary move? Sarah, we'll start with you. I mean, I from. I don't know. Do you? I don't know if it's a necessary move. I would think it is, right? We're we might be in war, or like the world might be in war. We should be protecting our satellites. Am I? Is that? Am I getting? Is that correct? We're <laughs> well, yes. Protecting our satellites in space is good. I mean, we don't. There aren't like space submarines, so we're not having like epic space battles yet. This isn't. This isn't Guardians of the Galaxy or Star Trek yet. Um, yeah. Or no. is it? Nah, nah. So what does Space Force mean? Like, why did yeah, that, was that even born? I'm confused. Already. Okay. Thought- so here's the thing is sooner or later we were going to have to come up with this. But somebody wanted the glorious credit. So Donald J. Trump wrote an executive order and said, I think it would be really, really huge and a really great thing if we made a Space Force. And they made a Space Force. And so then, like... That was, like, in that period where he did, like, 30 executive orders in a week, you know? It was just, like, he was he was doing executive orders like it was 80s in cocaine. It was just, like, let's just, we're just going to be huge. We're, we're just going to, I'm just going to keep signing my name until the country's great again. And so, like, yeah. So, he just, he went wild on his pen, and, and this was, uh, this was one of the side effects was the Space Force. And so, um... So at first they were like, oh, let's make it a part of, like, the Air Force, so let's make it a part of the Navy, we got to figure it out. And, like, all the Halo fans were like, yeah, of course it's the Navy, because we're going to put Marines in space. And then Donald J. Trump was like, yeah, it's it's Air Force, I guess, but it's its own force. So let's just work on budgeting it for its own thing. And then because Donald J. Trump is a child that doesn't finish playing with his toys or puts them away... Um, <laughs> It was kind of left, like, open-ended, and then the Pentagon was like, what do we do with your toys, son? He's like, I don't know. Next president's problem. I've got this COVID thing. Let me go get my monoclonal. <laughs> Bye. And then he just, like, and then he left. You know, he just rode off on Chair Force One and said deuces. And so then, like, Biden had to inherit, like, this half cockamamie scheme of, like, yeah, we're going to space. What of it? Um... So, so I mean, for the amount of money that they're putting into the program, I kind of get. I'm I'm against colonizing Mars. Okay. Can we fix the problems here, please? Well, Can we you, just well, fix the well, you want you want to start fixing problems here? Resources, and the uh, the our our asteroid belt has all the resources that would make us stop resourcing from Earth. I mean, we're we're at a point where we're nearly out of microcarbon. We're nearly out of the dirt and silt that's required to make construction grade uh, cement. We're nearly out of what? gold. Yeah, yeah. We're nearly out of construction sand. That's the weirdest thing. You want to know how real climate change and overusing freaking resources is? Forget about how bad the rainforest is. Forget about how bad the air is. We can't. In, in approximately twenty to fifty years, we will not be able to use construction grade cement anymore because we will not have the sand required to make it because the sand required to make it is shoreline sand that is actually sand that has to rub against other sand over thousands of years and cut right. it into jagged little shapes <laughs> that make it want to interlock like like puzzle pieces okay that's your right. geology lesson kids and so 
when when you grab like loamy sand, like that's just your 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 thick and overwatered like upcountry sand. That's actually yeah. those molecules are round. They're spheres. They rub and they bounce off of each other. You can't combine that in cement to make cement. That's why, like, when you try to, like, make mud hut stuff out of that stuff, it just, it'll melt in the rain. It doesn't And have... that's why our roads are so bad in Hawaii, right? Yes. Like, they fix the pothole, it rains, it's gone. If it's so... a pothole, it rains. Well, and asphalt isn't always going to be 100% fixed, and that's half the reason why they use asphalt is because it it can break apart, it's replaceable, even though, like, the top layer of earth is kind of ruined for that instant everything that's below the water layer is actually still good earth. So the day that comes around that, like, mother earth replaces us then like those roads could get replaced by something green someday so so you're telling me everything that we need is on mars well no it's not on mars it's actually in the in the <laughs> asteroid belt it's in the asteroid belt like, no do other countries have asteroid this belt. okay i'm learning so much from you can be good well so here's the thing is like china's already growing food on the dark side of the moon so they know <gasps> how to they, but we're behind yeah, the Chinese have been doing that for like eight years. So like they they have they have zero zero G negative forty degree hothouses on the dark side of the moon. They That's figured amazing. it out. Wow. So when so when the day after tomorrow ending happens, China knows how to grow stuff in an Arctic tundra. So done without without and without lights, without natural UVA lights amazing so yeah and so imagine how much better the world would be scientifically if we could put aside our bullshit and get along with china slash china could stop oppressing its people but they could probably right yeah Um, yeah we got let's put it just we'll just put a bit in that we'll get back to that if we solve all the other world's problems um, but no, Dude, but so like, what is the attraction to Mars, Kavika's brain? Like, well, what, what well, so, like? but here's the thing is like, well, it's because everybody thinks about where else can we put more people and realistically. Okay. So let's Who's think about, up there? well, there's actually a lot of people that have signed up over the past 20 years to go to Mars. There have been programs all over the world that have been inviting people for the last two decades. Do you think you're capable to go to Mars? There's a lot of startups that want to go. And in some cases, some of them are just trying to be able to prepare astronauts for the day that it becomes a commercial level thing to where like hundreds of people could try to go to space. But realistically, we have to figure out how to how to harness space to a better degree. We have to like so like going to Mars immediately is not going to work anyways, because like you spend more than eight months in space and your bones your bones? That's what I thought. Yeah. They have those twin guys. The twin you, guy was Yeah. Like, Do you know how, how long it takes to get to Mars? Takes no. 11 months. Takes oh. 11 to 13 months to get to Mars, depending on how fast you're going. So you're already, so three months, so it's three months past your prime. So then you mm-hmm. have to, so then, so you would not only have to have a landing team that's capable of doing in space PT, taking care of themselves, being able to fight the entropy of space fight the atrophy of the human body and then be able to land and establish a colony and then have their their like think about think about your bodies women okay so do you think you could gestate a human child on uh three quarters of the earth's gravity because now now your now your baby might grow up a little thinner it might grow up with bones out of place it's going to be like the medieval ages all over again i mean yeah there's going to be like at least one guy who's like freaking Spock level freaking intelligent on your landing party, but at the end of the day, it's going to be frontier medicine because how many people are going to be on Mars with you? This is why we need to. We, need we are to- allergic to things on this planet. There's nothing even. 
Yeah. Exactly. Kids like Werner with so the, autoimmune and allergies, and you're, there's no, yeah, there's no, no, no way. No. So the only way and to do it, violence. yeah. So the only way to do it is we'd we'd have to establish how to live in space itself, how to live in the vacuum, mm-hmm. how to live in orbit of Earth. Start there. No how, thanks. How to live on the moon. Okay, and and I think to a degree, space force will help with that because if if American colonialism colonialism has taught anything, if we could put the Marines and a subway and a GameStop in the Middle East, well, we can take capitalism anywhere. <laughs> Damn. And that's Damn. yeah, and that's that's how we do, right, kids? So is there going to be Space Force shoulder, soldiers and all that stuff? I'm a military kid. I'm an yeah, no, so I, we actually, um, interestingly enough, there are Space Force liaisons that are going to be in Hawaii because they have to work with uh, all the telescopes. Wow. Yeah, so oh, think about that. Yeah, no, and so then that's going to be a weirder thing. So it's like, is the Space Force going to have anything to do with the TMT? You know? Mm. Is that going to cause an impact on that? You know, uh, like, because they'll turn around and go like, oh, we need this for, like, you know, fate of the world. What if aliens come? And we're like, uh, I don't know, you know. So, and then, you know, for all the crazy things that people are apt to believe, I mean, I think right now that Hawaii is it enough of, like, a more mashed potatoes phase to con into just about anything. And if somebody showed up and said, yeah, TMT's first mission will be to contact alien life, people would turn around and be like, okay, bro, chansom. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel bad for saying that. I really do. But, like, I hear more and more that, like, people, like, believe Atlantis is real. You know? <laughs> so, like. There's alien sightings over Ka'olave all the time. Oh, no. Yep, Maui. No. <laughs> we won't go there. That's another podcast. No, yeah. That, that is, that's, that's for that Reese Darby podcast. Where he, he talked about <laughs> aliens and, and, and true believers out there. Um, yeah. I I I I have I have my own thoughts about those, but you know what? You know what I actually have a strong thought about right now? Because like it's an interesting thing that's come up in conversation because like I'm not personally a union guy, but I totally support good unions happening. Is yeah. uh uh the Amazon workers in Staten Island. So like I don't know what borough you're from, but I I, I hear you're from New York, Angela. Um, I'm a military kid. Okay. So, but I lived in New York City. I would never live in Staten Island. All that's, right. Yeah. No. Yeah, I get you. Pretty. Yeah. Raw. But, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's the real New York. Yeah, that's <laughs> Judge Dredd territory. I did Brooklyn and Manhattan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I guess now, uh, Amazon has got to, uh, Got to change a bit of their program because now we we've got we got union workers coming into Amazon, but also at the same time, like I don't know if this is really going to change too much, especially with the advent of the new Amazon cities. They're trying like we're back into the age of the company city, you know. So this is this is a weird time for American history economically. Uh, Angela, do you- so can you explain that to me? Because I just know about the store where you walk in and you don't pay, and you're it's just reading your phone and your purchases. What is an Amazon city? Uh, so, in the vein of uh, the Industrial Revolution, when uh, cities were essentially started by magnates and barons, because we didn't have people who understood what an elected official was. I mean, that's the thing to think about. Like, there's like the first hundred years of American history are just a no man's land of you know, Cain and Abel, 
because people right. didn't know how politics worked. You just had a guy who was appointed a marshal or a sheriff or a judge just because he outlived everybody else. So right. he, he had tenure. I mean, that's how most of America's hiring has worked up until like the last 20 years when all the right. boomers decided to get together and go, oh, we want a degree. And it's like, wait a minute. You don't even, <laughs> you guys didn't even like, you guys all just took PE for your AA. I've seen it. I've read your transcripts. I No, stop it. Stop it. You all went to a liberal arts school in Missouri. Knock it off. Uh, so... <laughs> But, um, yeah, so at Amazon City. So um, so the thing is, is in the vein of, like, industrial revolution um, cities, so back in the day is, like, you didn't have people that planned neighborhoods. You didn't have, you didn't have any of these, you didn't have any of these, uh, you know, housing developers or independent people that were providing houses. It was either you go out in the prairie and you build your house yourself and you claim your land for manifest destiny and good old right. America. Or yeah. <laughs> or you lived in like the equivalent of, do you guys see It's a Wonderful Life? Mm-hmm. Of course. Potterville. Yeah. Potterville's a company town. Yeah. That's what that's about. So it's a, yeah. a company town is where your boss is also your landowner. And yeah. he controls access to your entire supply chain. So like your food oh. stuff. So like Amazon is buying out empty space in America because they're going to put in a 100 story high rise apartment and then a super mall that you're going to live in. Like it's an episode of sliders. Whoa. Yeah. So if you want to be owned by the new high buying and you want to like, it's literally like Joe versus the volcano company store level stuff. I love me some prime though. I'm sorry. I love me some prime. When we see the prime oh. plane flying over. Oh, it's so convenient. My stuff is here. Great returns. Their customer service is top-notch. Cheap, cheapest so- price on the island, you go prime Whole Foods. <laughs> Gross. I resisted it for years. Yeah. No. And, and it's infected even a few parts of my life. I mean, hell, this podcast's on Amazon Music. So, uh, I mean, I'm not going to fight that too, too much, but I, I feel to a degree that, like, it's it's not healthy for the American economy because if like if you no. can't have well, if, no, if one company has all one that company power. holds all that power over your life. So then what happens when you lose your job? Your boss knows that you can't your boss knows that you can't. I mean, your landlord knows that you can't pay your bill because they immediately know that you lost your job because it's a company email. Your landlord and your boss are on the same company emails at that point. Yep. Oh, I wouldn't. Like that. I mean, it's. What do we do? Okay, do we? How do we start the revolution, Kavika? Come on, you're getting me all <laughs> hot in the neck. Well, it's, well save the world. No, <laughs> well, it's it, no. You can't just like save it overnight. It's it's not like uh, it's not like the Avengers, kids. Like I mean, we're kind of at a point where it's 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 all these tiny little things. So mm-hmm. it's how, how can we how can we build that infrastructure? I mean, that's why I like ideally, I'd like to see some real political candidates coming out i'd like to see some really like people who are capable at understanding large economies you know i mean we're we're finally out of the era of the small town mayor you know so like i mean there's there's things that victorinos had to face that no mayor in the history of maui's had to face since the modernization of statehood and then there's some things where like come on bro you could do a little better but then at the same time it's like how many people of capable age are running so this is I mean, this is another reason why we have 
like this old dogs club constantly in office is name me a 40-year-old candidate who wants who either A wants to run or B actually knows what it is because then we still have plenty of 40-year-old candidates who run accidentally make it into office by the skin of their teeth, misappropriate funds and become a crony just like everybody else. It's easy to get seduced. It's right. Yeah, no, it's, it's a taste of the sweet Once you're in the boys club and you see the back end, how can you not go corrupt? Come on. Well, I mean, and that's the thing is like that's that's temptation, you know, for for what really wants to tell itself as a Christ-like society. They they uh, they sure eat that uh, temptation, you know that that <laughs> that uh, that uh, that uh, fruit from the tree yeah. of good and evil is way too easily accessible, and it is taken. So yeah. I, you know. I, I mean, it's, it's, and I just don't, <laughs> I can't. And you know what I need to do about it? Sponsors. That's what we'll do about it after these messages. Moving forward. When you don't vote, what you're really doing is letting somebody else take power over your own life. You wouldn't give your grandmother the power to decide what clothes you wear to the club. You wouldn't give your crazy uncle the power to post a picture to your Instagram feed. So why would you give a stranger the power to make far more important decisions in your life? Voting is the only way to ensure that your concerns matter. Period. Moving forward. <laughs> We're back. I, I nearly had an aneurysm there, but I think I survived. I'll, I'll get by with a little help from my friends. And, uh, you know, it, it's 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 a shock to the system sometimes to have to, like, see these things and deal with these things every day. It's almost like a slap, if you will. A slap to the face, Kavika? Is yeah. that what it's like? Yeah, a slap to the face. You know, we waited, we waited approximately 40 minutes before we said this, and I know everybody else has said it all last week, and I know y'all like, I mean, our, our episode comes out in the morning, so obviously we weren't there to be able to talk about the slap. Like, we were already released and into the future. So now, now we get to talk to about it a week later, which I think is actually kind of better because, like, the whole world has calmed down. Some people are still getting riled up. And then, like, I mean... The juiciest bits have barely just begun. So, oh, man. And I mean, opinions are across the board, which I like that we kind of, you know, did it, had a little break and kind of saw everybody's opinions because that's what I wanted to, like, talk to you guys about and, like, your takes on everyone's, like, opinions on it because it's it's crazy. Yeah, I think I think we should start with Angela on this, uh, especially after coming back from, like, all the news and the coverage and stuff. I would love to see or hear a fresh point of view on the matter uh, Ooh. Angela, take us away. Ooh. Uh, it definitely went through the ethers of the life coaching community and psychiatrists and therapists. And I, I read a lot. I felt a lot. I'm definitely team comedy. I'm not going to lie. The joke definitely triggered him. Uh, in my research, I what I, my biggest takeaway was from this woman named Sonia Renee Taylor that he was offended, right? And 
we're in this new awareness and he was aware that he was laughing and it's obviously he got the side eye from his lady and it was not okay and he had to take action so what's happening is a new awareness but then there's old tools so yeah. he went and did he could have done anything he could have stood up there and said no thank you he had the power to do anything in grace. I mean, he came out with a book preaching like Tony Robbins guru. I did not read his book. It was on my audible list. No, it's not. It's manufactured. Um, like most of those things. I mean, those guys get ghostwriters. That's just, that's just them dipping into another label. Like it, when it, when it comes to celebrities above the line that try to sell like lifestyle shit, it's usually some Dr. Oz guy that's ghostwriting behind them. They literally <laughs> right. don't have time for that. That's how those books well, are made. Well, and I'm team Red Table Talk. I love what Jada, her mom, and her daughter did. I mean, I have drank the Smith soup. Um, I love that they had this open, revolutionary, open marriage, and they're able to discuss it. But just, yeah, him losing his temper and the word being triggered and traumatized and all the T words came up. Um he destroyed, uh, you guys are the Hollywood history people here. Um, he destroyed his his life. It's done. Uh, uh, well, no, nah, not entirely. He's a Scientologist. You don't think so? He's a Scientology a, kid. A person as well, an Okay, so I researched that Scientology stuff, and it was Jada that pulled him into that. Yes. And they said that that smack is a Scientology tool that Ooh. higher ups use to keep their people in line. He, well, and that's the thing is like, so anytime you go, well, here, here's something to think about. His kids, I, I really don't trust his son because his son, his son was like pretty much raised by the Sea Org, like uh, so. Oh, and I have watched every Wait, episode the of Sea Org. The Sea Org is an organization within Scientology that you pledge your soul to for a billion years, and they, and they raise your children in it. So then the thing is, is your kids go off for like. 80% of the year, like boarding school style. And they put little. You never see your parents, yeah, right? You They're don't see your parents. parents. They're just co-workers. They, they give you a little Captain Stubing outfit like you're on Love Boat. And and then you play Little Sailor like L. Ron Hubbard did. And then you, you read uh, all of his stupid books and all of his stupid friends' books. And then all the people that ghost write books under his name. And then maybe you sent on uh, Weird Uncle David Miscavige's lap. And then, uh, and then if you get out of line, who's the king slapper? Yeah, right? and then if you get out of line, they send you to this place in Temecula, California. I know it's around the corner. It's around the corner from where I grew up. I actually took the back in like the Windows ninety eight Millennium days. They had a website, and you could actually like take the exam of, hey, come in and get brainwashed. I mean, get your thetans checked. Yeah, and so uh, it's uh, yeah, it's weird. Um, they have like these freaking like little mini studios out there that they'll like hold breakthrough sessions in and it really like it's like if you like if you think nexium's bad like take a look at scientology because they'll they'll put like 10 people in a room surrounding one person and in like six days they'll break them they'll starve them they'll yell at them they'll scream at them like isolate them from their isolate families them, throw poop at them the whole nine yards oh, it's weird yeah. stuff oh. yes it's so crazy I it's didn't know all this stuff. So, you have to watch the Leo Yeah, no, and so then that's the thing is, like, if you want to get past, like, level five as far as, like, a Scientologist, you have to be extremely rich. You have to be you have to be willing to get your head fucked up beyond no reason, and then you have to be willing to, like, be treated like crap and then be controlled. Like, that, 
Scientology is a living conspiracy. There are not many things that are actual conspiracies. I can tell you, as an ex-government employee, the government is too lazy to create a conspiracy. And mankind right now is a little too stupid to create Agreed. a conspiracy. Like, the, it takes way too many intelligent people with the forethought for the existence of 9 billion people over the course of centuries of time. Nobody. Nobody's equipped with that. So, like... How many how many people and and then if nobody's equipped for that, how many of those nobodies could you get in a room to all agree separate of their egos? No. Right? No. So but that but Scientology, that's a conspiracy. That's some weird people. I've been there. I was a model for a Scientology event. It was funny. No, you weren't. Yeah. I'm serious. I was at the L. Ron Hubbard uh future no. uh future writers of America awards. No. Uh they had a steampunk theme that year and uh they found me at a convention because I, uh, I I wrote a steampunk novel and then I would show up at these events and like I wear the cosplay and stuff because in that way like kids would come up and check out your booth like you sell twice as many books if you dress yeah. up as your characters like hell yeah let's do it right Absolutely. so I sit there with goggles and gears and then like you know and fun stuff like that we do STEM education sell a few books but uh, yeah uh, they didn't get you. They did not get you. No, no, they they didn't. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't get it. <laughs> but they get Hollywood. No, they do. And they you- do. And it's it, it was really it's really weird. Like there was actually there was someone getting a reading at the event because like I was in a holding room and then we all got like dressed and we all got led to the stage. But then like down the hall you could actually like see a guy like holding the little thing and then there's a person sitting across from on the table and they're just like checking their thetans and. Wondering how in tune with the universe they are. But you know what? Hey, like, you know, I guess uh, if you work real hard and your thetans are in check, you can uh, you can make another Top Gun movie. So Damn. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, like, why are we over talking about this 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 uh, Will Smith, Chris Rock thing when there were, like, so many good awards that, like, got thrown away yes. because of this? Yes. <laughs> Like, there's so many things that I had to, like, really go and search for. Like, wait, who won this and who won this? Because it wasn't just in. Not not to shamelessly promote because they ain't giving us any money, but you could always just go to IMDb. Because the day of any award ceremony that's in Hollywood, they'll give the whole front page dedicated space to the, the results. Do they? Yeah. Oh, so we gotta go, sit through that whole thing. And we can go to IT. I always just, I was just, it's all right there. What? Even before the IMDb app, I used to just go on IMDb.com. But again, you're talking to a, like when that site came online, I was like 13 years old and I got an IMDb Pro account because I was just like, mm. this is this is something crazy. I want a part of this. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, you can. Uh, there's a lot of cool things that you can do on there. But yeah, there's there's. The, the coolest part about the award ceremony nights in Hollywood is that you're it's going to be front page on IMDb, and they usually update mm-hmm. it live. So it's like, why, awesome. why sit through all the crap? But realistically, if you want to watch most American award ceremonies and actually like see all the f- cool people in the fun, mm-hmm. uh, you, you got to watch the international feed because we cut so much out of it. Right. Like, oh. Yeah. Like, there, there's an extra five minutes. I on international feed. That's completely different. There's an extra five minutes of the whole Will Smith debacle on the international cut. Right, they said the Japan feed. They they loaded it up, right? Oh yeah, Japan kept going. Britain kept going. I only I only knew it kept going because I had friends in Britain that were retweeting, and then so they were like putting pictures up in front of their screen. And I was like, it's already done over here. Um, well, all that like extra footage of like the po- the pan out view of the room, and then like Denzel comes up and has his hand on his shoulders and is like, you need to yeah, calm the fuck down. That. Yeah. Ugh. So like. 
all of that extra stuff that we've only seen in like like meme clips online yeah. it's literally because like the east and most of europe got to see like more of that and which is funny because a whole bunch of people in america think that that was staged it's oh there's conspiracy because it just didn't it was so shocking and abrupt and it didn't make sense and i was like was that was the fi- real? The fixer in me immediately went, that's real, because that's something so out of hand. Nobody like and I had people coming up to me and they're like, Well, what about no Andy, what about Andy Kaufman? You know, because like when when Jerry the King Lawler hit Andy Kaufman on the late show. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, Yeah, this is the same thing as as Kaufman and Lawler. I'm like They went that deep. Yeah, people no. thought that, that that's how well thought out that that this event was. Chris Rock handled it. We're talking about a professional <laughs> A graceful human being. My goodness. They both got. They both got what they deserved. That's where. I, yeah, that's right. where I sit. You put like I do not believe on punching down in comedy. Like let's go back to Jim Gaffigan. Is anybody gonna ever want to slap Jim Gaffigan right. in the face? You're right. No, You're right. because all he makes jokes about is bacon and how collectively fat we are as Americans, so right. we can all laugh together. So is together. Chris Rock completely canceled? Like his no, style he's of not. Not be available no, anymore. I don't. I don't call him canceled, but I think that he needs to be aware that opening his mouth has repercussions. But then at the yeah. same time, is like Will Smith. That was a toxic fucking response. It was entirely toxic response. So, like, one, one, it shouldn't have been said. Two, it shouldn't have been responded that way. And three, I could care less what Jim Carrey has to say about it because he loves gaslighting people. So, like... Oh, Jim Jim Carrey was like... Yeah, Jim Carrey was like, oh, Chris Rock should have never been slapped. This was terrible. And it's like, and he's like, you just shouldn't slap people for things that they say. And it's like, yeah, that coming from the guy that gaslit his ex-wife. So it just, yeah. Hey, you know, be be prepared for your past. But he's a guru now, Kavika. Who? Jim Carrey. I hate gurus. (laughs) Guru, guru, gurus are the worst export America ever. Kevin Maui. I. I no no no. Make it stop. Bezos is going over there. They're chanting and vegan dieting. <laughs> just don't just don't let them take Even Steven Tyler. We'll just we'll just go hide Steven Tyler <laughs> over by the Sugarman house. And we'll just Yeah, we'll we'll try to no, we'll just we'll hide in McKenna. We'll just hope that they never find us. We'll just hope that they never find us. Because we'll we'll use we'll use Steven Tyler as a shield. He likes to go out on Baby Beach and just dangle right? his dingle out. And he's, he looks like a little old lady. He's a sexy grandma. He looks like a little grandma when he's out there, and especially so from really far because everything's just sagging meat. So then it's like you can't tell. You're like, is that a is that a boy? Yeah, that's all we are. We're just different flavors of sagging meat, folks. So the sooner that you get used to it sooner we can start respecting each other's bodies like i would rather you treat me like i was actual food than a sexual being because then at least there's a level of respect flavor and texture that comes with that so but okay so things overshadowed from the oscars we've got yeah. uh, samuel L. jackson got a lifetime achievement award okay mm-hmm. all right I, which i think was like long overdue like i mean yeah mm-hmm. we weren't expecting oscars for snakes on a plane kids but he's been in some pretty <laughs> epic movies and he's made some great contributions so i'm glad he at least got a lifetime achievement award i thought it was really cool how much coda swept 
through everything. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I will I say this. It. Who saw Coda? I, I no, didn't. I, I didn't get to finish that. I fell asleep. I need to see. It. Yeah, I did see Duke. But won a bunch of awards. Huh? And it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was. Uh, I gotta say, um, it was. Uh, it was good in in like competitive comparison to uh, the old school one, uh, but uh, it was definitely leagues ahead of the Sci-Fi Channel one that when they tried to do the whole Frank Herbert's doing on Sci-Fi because that that was a terrible mess. So, uh, yeah, no, two thumbs up on that one. If I had extra thumbs from Nuclear Fallout, I would give it more. Um, anything else from uh, from the Oscars you guys thought was... Uh, I mean, Questlove's documentary was not... A, it, Summer of Love, I saw on a plane, and that was a revolutionary film if you love music. Ariana, what's her last name? DeBose from West Side Story, being Copy. the first Puerto Rican woman. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah I am so glad she definitely earned that award. She played that character beautifully. Yeah. Um. So speaking of awards, well, I mean, this kind of this kind of goes with with two things. So like, uh, there, there's an award related to this. It was a terrible award, but now it's it's being taken away. But uh, um, Hollywood uh, is just finally come clean about the status of Mr. Bruce Willis. Uh, it has been, uh, it has been talked about in scant circles. It was rumored on deadline for a couple of years. Uh, but nobody knew what it was. Everybody just knew that there was something going on. Uh, so, uh, they announced earlier this week, Bruce Willis has aphasia, which that means that like, he has essentially like uh, cognitive dysfunction in, in the way of like understanding words and seeing objects. So like, you know, simple things like if he looks at an orange, he might say the word apple, but like in his brain, he swears he's saying orange, you know, or right. he may hear words and that you say. it's usually post-stroke, right? Yeah. Did you think he had a stroke? Um, it you know. Too, I think. Well, oh. no, see, that one's a rumor. So there's no, there's no. So here's the thing about it is he's had a, he's had a concierge doctor for a long time. So um, a lot of his his medical records are so personal that like there's no National Enquirer magazine that's going to get it and right by him. So like I mean I would have to suppose that like he probably knew about it for quite some time mm-hmm. especially since like when Deadline covered it there was a notable level to it. Um we uh, Sarah and I were lucky to have uh, experienced uh, some days on set with him in this past year. Uh, working on a project. Um, I will have to say from the outside, from, you know, having to set up tents for him to sit in and, like, making sure that he was fed and stuff. Like, he was, um, he was there, but, like, they definitely, like, he he looked like he was having some long days. But he, uh, you know, he was definitely a trooper. Like, and then and that's the thing is, like, when you look at it for, like, what it is and how he was trying to keep it all together for that entire time, it's mm-hmm. it's no different than, like, these WWE wrestlers who are hiding like a broken knee for 10 years. Yeah. yeah. You know? So it's like, it like, I will have to say that like for those that got to go on the journey with him and for those that made it possible for him to keep it going, because then like, what do, what do performers like this have to have on the back end waiting for them? He comes from a generation that like most of the unions robbed their pensions in their youth. You oh, know? you're kidding. So a lot of these, a lot of these older, like, sag and like uh like freaking stunt actors and action guys of yesteryear they they're living on money that they have to make today 
And so then, like, he if he has a condition like that, and that he, you know, how much does it cost to take care of that condition? How much does it cost for him to live his daily life? You know, and then how much of that daily life does he want to enjoy, which he's entitled to enjoy before, like, he essentially has to, like, you know, like, I'm kind of afraid of the day that, like, the National Enquirer is going to, like, try to get a picture of him and, like, leaving a clinic in a wheelchair and he just looks like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, like, I say to that, like, we kind of need to raise our glasses to the man for having one good last ride this summer. Right. We also need to, like, and with that being said, like, the Razzies, you know, the guys who make the awards for all the bad, terrible movies of the world, they uh, they were kind of making fun of them earlier last year, and they made a uh, uh, they made a category for them exclusively. It was uh, Bruce Willis's worst performance in a 2021 Bruce Willis movie. But oh. none of those guys at the Razzies knew. Pretty dumb now, don't they? Uh, yeah, they do feel pretty dumb now. To the point to where they they took they actually made a public statement. They're like, due to the announcement of aphasia, uh, we're going to uh, take away this category because we don't think it's in good taste. Good. Yeah. Absolutely not in good taste. Yeah. Oh my god. So like, I mean, knowing what knowing what was like percolating around Hollywood and who had to have known at those times and all the effort of like how to make him. I don't. I don't say it like he was like indigent. It's it's just seriously the fact that like. There was a support system to make him the best he could be, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to kind of be saying goodbye to a living great before he actually, like, departs because of, like, the yeah. condition that he's in, you know? So I, I could only hope that, like, you know what? On a positive note, I wonder how many people are going to, like, say they like the movie Hudson Hawk now. <laughs> <laughs> Because even Bruce would be like, yeah, that movie's terrible. But then, like, <laughs> but then, like, the rest of the world would be like, no, no, we have to, we have to make it up for him. Let's, let's, one last Fantasy Island, kids. Let's, let's go make Hudson <laughs> Hawk 2 and it'll be the best movie ever. <laughs> oh, to Bruce Willis. Yeah. <sighs> he's kind of had, he's had a very colorful career. He's interesting he has, life. Yeah. I mean, did you get any, uh, did you get any aside time with him on set, Sarah? Um, I saw him. I didn't really get to talk to him or anything. I did see him, like, help out a PA, though. Oh, he was really good at that stuff. You know? I know yeah, I saw I, him. He was human. He helped my PAs quite a bit, because I had quite a few PAs that were trying to get courtesies up on the hot and the windy days, and, uh-huh. um, I had some kids setting up, uh, uh, courtesies for Video Village, and he wasn't even supposed to be over there. He was just like he wandered out of the way because he didn't want to be in the way of set being busy, and so he's like, "I'm gonna just go sneak off in a corner." And I got PAs that are just like twisting sandbags onto standups, and and they feel like a hand on their back, and a guy goes like, "Hey, you need any help with that?" And they're like, "Oh, Mr. Willis, uh, uh," That's awesome. and then and then like. <laughs> The directors and the producers are like, yes, let, whatever he wants to do, let him do it. And they're like, okay. And then so then he just like, he takes the sandbag, he holds it, and then he's holding he's holding the stand-up so it doesn't fly away in the wind, and he's just like, here you go. And that was it. Aww. And it's just like, you know, so like, he uh, he's still a, still a gem. Such yeah. a gem on set, you know? I mean, so far be it from anybody that may have like, you know, noticed – you know what was going on with them but like still a class act to the damn end 
And for that, Very. like, I got to say thank you for letting us go to Neverland one more time with you, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of uh, actors we can trash talk, uh, Jared Leto. Okay. So, uh, no, I mean, do you guys, are you guys Jared Leto fans at all? Have you, have you? I just watched House of Gucci and I appreciated his performance. He, it's kind of the season of Leto again. It's like, you know, it's weird. The economy is 1988, but the movies are totally 2004. Like, I'm kind of waiting. I'm kind of waiting for Keanu Reeves to come out with another Johnny Mnemonic movie at this point. <laughs> That'd be awesome. But, but no. So like, I mean, Morbius, Morbius, the newest in the Marvel MCU is kind of killing it in the box office preview numbers. They got like 81 mil, I think, or something like that. Or I don't know. Let me check that number. I I could swear I put it in the note. Here I am. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't even put the number because I didn't really care because, like, I like Morbius and I'm going to go see it. Jared Leto be damned. But, like, I think the last time I actually liked Leto in anything was Lord of War with Nicolas Cage. And that was probably the last time I liked Nicolas Cage in anything. Coincidence? <laughs> you decide. Jared uh, Leto was in a movie with Nicolas Cage? Yes, they played brothers. It was called what? Lord of War. And they okay. played brothers who were American, who were... Uh, uh, first-generation immigrants to America that went their separate ways. Uh, one went back to a life of crime on the road, and the other one became a Department of Defense contractor who would later become a secret black market salesman to, like, the new foundational Silk Road, and it's semi-based on a true story. Cool. Yeah. Hmm, worth it? Um, If you want to watch Jared Leto snort a mountain of cocaine in the shape of Ukraine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he does this whole, look, Yuri, this is the home country, I've made it. And it's like, there's just like a freaking cocaine map of Ukraine, and he snorts it all. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Um, it, but I will have to say that for, like, the dialogue it created, like, for what it says about, like, the illegal gun trade and kind of, like, the the politics it, it brought to the scene, Mm-hmm. Um, start some conversations. Yeah, it did kind of start some conversations. But, like, with that being said, Jared Leto's kind of, like, goes on, like, a parade of bad choices. Because I wouldn't say that he's, like, the worst actor in the world. He's just, he's that weird kid on set that, like, nobody says no to. He's like, hey, come on, Mr. Director. What if I just, what if I just did right. this? And they kind of let right. him get away with it because he just looks into him with his dead, beautiful eyes and they're like, okay, Mr. Nobody, I'll let you do it. So, yeah, something something makes me feel both alive and dead inside when I look into your heart. It's like a it's like a siren on the ocean. You make me feel like I'm in a in a Greek epic or something. He did not look pretty in House of Gucci. I could not believe that was him. No, yeah, like, he doesn't look he does not look uh, pretty in that one. He doesn't look pretty in the WeWork movie. Like okay. I still haven't sat down and watched that one, but he got he did a pretty yeah. good job. Like I've seen the previews as far as like matching that guy. Like he kind of seemed like a very spot on like adaptation of the WeWork guy. Um, but like for as much as he's been on the losing side of cinema, like historically, like the fanboys are kind of like eating him apart in the memes. So like it's kind of a surprise to an extent that like the box office numbers are doing as well as they are, but like. The fans, by and larger, like eat are not eating it up, because they're just like, "Ew, Jared Leto!" But oh my God, Morbius! This is one of the coolest Spider-Man antiheroes next to Venom. So why? Yeah, of course I'm gonna go see the movie. So they're kind of torn, 
you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaking of uh, Marvel series stuff, the newest Disney Plus has come out, Moon Knight. Have any of you watched the Moon Knight yet? No. No. Oh. There's some movie watching to do. Yeah. yeah. No, there's a lot to catch up on. There's a lot to catch up on. This is kind of like, this is the brief interlude in the Marvel Cinematic Universe where you can kind of just sample what you want, but, like, certain things may actually, like, catch up and tell you what, like, what's going to happen in the new ones. So if you kind of, like, yeah, yeah. So that's the thing to think about is, like, some of these Disney Plus shows you can get away with not seeing, but if you're, like, a hardcore Marvel fan, like, all, all the hints for where the next 10 years is going to go is hiding inside these TV shows. So, um, so Moon Knight, uh, follows a, a young man who, uh, who has a bit of a sleep disorder. Uh, and, uh, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't know what causes it. He's sometimes he wakes up halfway around the world and doesn't know how he got there, but then he thinks it's just a dream because then he'll wake up again in bed and he'll think, Oh wow, what a long night. And he loses two, three, four, five days at a time. Uh, as you slowly come to find out, there's another soul inhabiting his body. Ooh, and he that shares, sounds good. And he shares <laughs> his body with another guy who's like, he's been trying to figure out who's this, who's this guy that's been a part of my life that people say I am. And, uh-huh. uh, and so then he's caught up in a uh, world conspiracy concerning an ancient Egyptian god. And the scales of fate and this split personality that he has to live while he tries to get over his more or less like self-inflicted beta personalities while listening to the better gut instincts of this other soul inside of his body. Damn, that sounds good. Yeah, that does sound good. That sounds like really good. That's one I, I'm definitely gonna have to watch that one. Absolutely worth checking. So, are you guys are you guys watching anything right now? Uh, you yeah. watching Euphoria? Me yeah, I, I'm like obsessed with Euphoria right now. I know I'm late to the party. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I don't even watch Euphoria. Have you seen it at all? No, I haven't watched it at all. So I, it, the last one was so shocking. I'm taking a break from it. Really? Yeah, they, I think they're pushing. Yeah, I guess it's one writer. I can't think of his name. Sam something. It's one writer, and he's just. Do you think it's yeah. too much? It's 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 too yeah the two you know each HBO you have a free pass to just really go all out and. Um, what I love about HBO though, <laughs> Ron. Yeah, no, it's it's quite. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm a mother. So watching it as a mother versus, you know, is this, is this glamorizing what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I feel like an old lady. Yeah. No, I, you know, and I feel that when those things come around, they're here to remind us that like, you know, 10 years ago in our life, we would have looked at this and like, I mean, come on, we're like, do either of you remember the movie kids? Oh my god! Oh my, that scarred me for life. Yeah. That movie. So like, really, on a scale of things, like we've come such a long way that like something like Euphoria may seem like it's heavy duty, but like, look at like right. look we at did it, what it, came before right. it. No, and we I did. I swear, I think that yeah. drew me to move to New York City watching kids. That's the thing. It's like it's like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just, you go there, and it really is like kids. Yeah. <laughs> that's scary. <sighs> Yeah. 
as that's I said that out loud on a podcast, but yeah, there's this glamour <laughs> to it, right? There's there this is. Very intrigue when you're a young person. I'm not, you know, I'm definitely a mom now. Um, mm. And it's brilliantly done. It's all done on 35 millimeter and uh, film, and it's just there. It's a very creative show. Um, I watched Bad Vegan, and it's a documentary. <laughs> I I actually I listened to her first podcast interview before it came out. I I'm almost done with it because she was on uh, a show called A Little Bit Culty. It's actually hosted by two of the people that survived Nexium, and they managed oh, wow. to they managed to get the first interview with uh, the bad vegan lady uh, before, I can't think of her before name, anybody but... else. But yeah, but and it was crazy like what she had to go through. So it's, it's where it's, it's a test. She's college degree, business degree, opened her own restaurant. And it's just shows you how people can be so manipulated. Oh yeah. No, you don't have to be dumb to be manipulated. It blew, mind blowing. I highly recommend it. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And it's like to the lengths at which people will give into something because they want to keep a reality intact. Yeah. Yeah, there, yeah, there's a lot of that. I would definitely like to cover things like that in the future. Man, yeah, you know what? We're going to have to, now that we, we we keep bringing it up every few episodes, is is that Lemuria and Atlantis thing. We're going to have to talk about that and why that's crazy hoo-ha, kids. Crazy, 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 crazy. What so, is this? What? Uh, little- how many Atlantis. people think that Atlantis is real? Uh, everyone in, oh, did you say Lemuria? Yeah, everyone in Maui. Hello? Yeah, that's the weirdest thing ever. Like, how? Like, Would how? Would you like to see my Lemurian crystal? Oh, God, no, please, no. Please, no. <laughs> no, no, not you, too. You got, they got, they got you, too. No. No. They got, they got you, too. No, no. This is what, this is, they literally, literally, like, if you, the, the best way to compare the whole Lumeria Atlantis thing is like if somebody picked up a 2,000-year-old comic book and thought it was the Bible instead of thinking it was an issue of Superman. And that's why, like, people think Atlantis and Lemuria are real now. Like, that, that was a subject. You know what? It's it's getting a whole episode. I'm getting a whole episode. We're <laughs> yeah, going to go to Atlantis. What? What was that? Uh, right? Go ahead. Who, who about what with the moon now? We'll talk after the podcast. I know someone that will come on this and talk about it. Talk about what? Did they read Timaeus? Lemuria and did the they... Hawaiian connection to Lemuria. Do you, do you realize that, that that's 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 actually just a, a creation as a side effect of, of the the <laughs> dialogue of Plato, right? No. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. All I yeah. know is he's a client. No, <laughs> yeah. No, let's keep it that way. So we'll we'll go on a huge journey. We'll go on a huge journey. We'll we'll let you know about it because what most people don't realize is that all this stuff that people have taken and just amalgamated and called Atlantean and Lemurian theory actually stems from a dialogue written by Plato called the Timaeus. No way. The Timaeus is is a dialogue that was originally deemed lost until it was found after uh, other ancient excavations. But anyways, uh, Plato's dialogue is actually a story in three acts, all right? And it essentially works on your your intellect and the psychosocial nature of man. And okay. Atlantis is actually a made-up society in this story. It's like an Atlas shrugged, okay? So imagine if Plato wrote, like, 
you have this Ayn Randian society or whatever. But anyways, so this is like the proto-Atlas Shrugged. And Plato wrote this story about Atlantis. And Atlantis separates, well, it represents all of the common competitive cities to Rome at the time. So it's like okay. it's like how Metropolis in in Superman is supposed to be New York and Gotham in right. you know in Batman is supposed to be Chicago. So Plato tells the story of Atlantis as a parable to warn people of like their lack of higher function when mass hysteria takes over in the collapse of a society. And it's all it's all told from the story of a carpenter. And so you what I need to learn more. Yeah. So you All I know yeah. is many people move to Maui because they know Lemuria's here and there's yeah, crystals there's here. There's no such and thing that's as yeah. my So so then the so then the weird part about that and we'll, and we'll cover it. Like I really definitely want to cover some more. So then the weird thing about Lemuria and the whole land to moo connection. So there yeah. there is there was a Spanish uh there was a Spanish fleet captain who he, between misunderstanding Plato's Lost Dialogue because it was translated from Greek Latin to Spaniard uh, colonial, so uh, right. that's that's like three jumps from English to Spanglish there, and then right. um, without any help, he just pretended to figure it out that when they <laughs> when they made it when they made it to b- abandon Mayan temples, they took down all the runic elements of the Mayan temples. And they just kind of figured out their own alphabet. And then when they landed in the Pacific, in, in the greater Pacific area of, of Hawaii and Tahiti and everything, they just thought ipso facto, ergo bean burrito, that's where they landed. And that would be Lumeria, or the land of Mu, as they called it. And yeah. they did not understand any of the aboriginals. So they just made funny little jokes about the way that they talked. And incidentally, we were all just labeled as an extra territory, which this happened a lot Holy historically. Smokes. This happened a lot historically because as as Polynesians were being traded throughout the Pacific by colonials, you'd have some guys fly over to one island, pick up 20 slaves, move to another island, and not even realize that like they went to the wrong island than the first one that they found. And so you have people that get mix-matched around all the places and everything. And then so you have even people that don't even know where they come from because, like, there's a whole bunch of people that were, like, taken off of Rapa Nui or, as we know, at Easter Island, okay? And they weren't returned in the slave trade until two generations later. So all those people that inherited Rapa Nui didn't know what to do with it because as far as they were concerned, they were French Polynesian now. They were Tahitian by, by plantation birth. And they didn't know that they were from Rapa Nui or Motunui. Who yeah. are you, Kavika, knowing all this? I just read a I lot. I need popcorn but... here. Yeah, man. So, I mean, so then that's the problem with Lemuria and Atlantis is these are sprung from legends that have blurred the lines in mythos. And people are now... They, Desperate. They're un- well, they are. They are. They're, they're unknowing of their own family history, their own cultural heritage. So then that's why it's hard for outsiders, for uh, Malahinis or Hapas or non-Kanakas, when, like, they hear them talk about, like, Lumerian stuff, they're like, oh, well, I can't tell them no, because, like, even for as crazy as it sounds, like, I'd be that one person who sounds like they're disrespecting Native American culture. 
and then it's like, well, Ooh. at least we got one educated brother in the ranks that's going to tell you that's not real, kids. That's something that was like, really what we're supposed to be learning from Atlantis is like the same follies we're fighting right now. So incidentally, part of that dialogue, actually uh, a portion of Atlantis or at least where the reference for Atlantis comes from, um, this is in nearly the same area as Pompeii the destruction of Pompeii and Mount Vesuvius. So there's actually parts of Atlantis that mirror parts of Pompeii in its fall and how they tell the story of, like, you know, all the things affected with, like, their climate and their region and what happened for, like, the 300 dark days after the, the volcano and all that stuff and all these things that cause, like, political, like, stress and economic stress. And so really like the story that's supposed to be gained from learning about Atlantis is it's more like a Andy Berkowitz article for the New York culture column. You're, you're talking oh, about, wow. you're talking about a, you know, a, a, an imaginary society that's built to, to serve as a meta recognition of what's going on right now. It's, it's a, it's a Coen brothers film. It's a hail Caesar. Wow. That's the way that that's that's what that's what it was meant to be. So I would love to cover that. We'll probably probably have to touch that in a couple of weeks because uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, 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 we'll, hopefully. Don't have we'll, a Lemurian crystal. No, no, please don't take those. <laughs> take, please, Never mind, no, just regular no, ones. Just regular. Okay, you know, yeah, yeah. You, I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. No, it's, <laughs> it's your it's your it's your First Amendment, right? It's totally your First Amendment right. I just, I just wish some people wouldn't use their First Amendment right to do stupid things. <laughs> you enjoy those regular crystals, though. I just like, I mean, I, I got a, I got a problem though. Like, if someone shows up and is just like, I need to get your DNA activated with your Lemurian crystals and your, and, and your, you know, rub-on ointments and your, and your essential oils. Yeah, I know. I know. This is why, this was why, this was the hardest part about my grandfather moving us off island for most of my life is that like, I didn't get sold all the snake oil. So which like, thank God. Oh my God. Right. Like I know how to recognize a con when I see one kids, Right. you know? So like, that's why it's like, I mean, it's a pleasure having you here, Angela. There's not a lot of people who actually have, have real certificates or spend time. You know what? Uh, since you spend enough time jacking job with us and talking about ridiculous things, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and all the awesome stuff that you do before you leave us today? All right. Um, I am a ICF certified life coach and I also do massage. Um, I have a place up here in Kula, but I love to work one on one with people who might believe in Lemurian crystals. Um, <laughs> Bless your heart. Um, yeah, I currently am open to taking one-on-one clientele to kind of process everything that we've kind of talked about. You hit, you hit so many elements of what's going on in the week. Um, and I help people process and move forward and, for the lack yeah. of a better word, set goals. You know, Marvel comic out, become the superheroes they are meant to be. And, um, yeah, you can check me out at MauiAlohaWellness.com. And where can we find you on the social media? What's your usernames or what's your... Uh, Maui Aloha Wellness, uh, Instagram, Maui Aloha Wellness Coaching, and Maui Aloha Wellness Coaching again on Facebook. I'd love a follow and for us to talk. Awesome, awesome. And so, like, as far as, like, life coaching goes, like, is this, like, a... I mean, I like, excluding, like, weird-ass only-in-movies things. Like, 
Could, like, people ask you for help? Uh, like, is this a wide variety of, like, life coaching? Are we just, like, out for the general, like, I'm going to be the best, like, employee in life that I can be type of thing? Or is this, like, uh, you know, can we have some odd goals here? Are, are there people? Do you have any, do you have any clients that are, that like. We're all conforming. We're all worried. We're all either lost, like you said, with the family of origin, missing, not knowing our ancestral yeah. roots, trying to fit into the society that doesn't feel right. You know, I was drawn to Maui, like many people were, I don't know, military brat, didn't know where I belonged. This felt like home immediately. That's good. Mahalo Nui for embracing me and letting me make this home. Um, so, yeah, people are losing it. We've been in a pandemic for two years. And, um, yeah, I provide space for all your wildest dreams. We're all guaranteed death, right? Death and taxes. Die. Death and, and taxes. Ta Taxes are actually more guaranteed unless than debt. Um, yes, unless you're and we're all in uh, hopefully and actually in a couple more episodes we're going to teach you how to start hacking and doing that. Not in the weird okay, guru perfect. way, but more in like, a, hey kids, do you want to learn how to do the paperwork like Uncle Sam does? You want to learn that red tape? We'll we'll work on that. We'd love to have you back all for right, some of that I'll, stuff. I'm going to definitely listen to yeah. that one. But yeah, it's like we've all been in this cocoon, and a lot of people are miserable and scared or anxious and overwhelmed and. So yeah, I love to work with people just like this, either on the phone or Zoom, and we process. I have a lot of humor. Um, we have a good time, right, Sarah? We have a yeah. <laughs> That's good. We crush it. That's yeah. good, you know. And not a lot of people realize that having a third party, you know, in their life is is beneficial because you need someone yeah. who can look at it without emotion. You need someone mm -hmm. who could look at it without any Absolutely. structural ties to your life because sometimes Absolutely. you just need someone uh, to come out and say this is wrong because they recognize or maybe this is right and you should embrace it. You know, mm -hmm. so that's uh, really good that there are folks like you out there, Angela. So, folks, make sure to, uh, you know, uh, check her out. We'll make sure to tag her in the show links and uh, in the show notes uh, wherever you're listening to our podcast and we'll make sure to tag her on, on the social media as you follow us on. Uh, is there anything you'd like to say to our listeners today, Angela? Thank you for having me. This was a total blast. Um, I haven't laughed that hard in a while, Kavika. You're very welcome. <laughs> Sarah, thanks for yeah letting me know about this and uh, glad to be in the rabbit hole. Right into this our little duo. <laughs> yeah. All right, Sarah, you got anything to say to kids playing home game? Oh, just thanks again guys for tuning in and we've got a really great show uh next sunday for you so make sure you tune in next week as well absolutely we got a great great show next sunday uh i just got that form out to uh, all the uh kanaka pages on the mainland and we should have some stocks talk story segments coming up soon um couldn't get one in early enough maybe maybe we'll find one maybe maybe there'll be an edit later and i'll be like you know yay we, we've got something in there but uh <laughs> Yeah, April Fool's, maybe. I don't know. We'll find out tomorrow when, when April Fool's Day is over. And then, uh, well, you know, for those of you kids that don't know about, like, recording on Fridays and then releasing on Sundays and only having to know the news up to Friday because that's how the game's played. But anyways, um, we're going to have some interesting talk story guests. Uh, I was recently contacted by one, uh, Leia Maldonado, who is actually uh, one of the, la the lost children of Kalopapa. Uh, from the Molokai colony of lepers. And she's actually wow. one of the last remaining children survived from that generation that knows that she was given up for adoption, Hanai, and how that affected her life, how she found out 
and also the crazy journey for the knowledge because it is actually um, all the court documents surrounding the adoptions were sealed for 80 years. So most of these people <laughs> will die before they know their actual Hawaiian roots on Molokai. Ah, so that's a crazy journey we're going to go down. I just ordered her book. I'm going to read it. I'll share it with Sarah. We'll make sure to point out where you can get it. I it was I was only able to find it on Barnes & Noble, so we'll make sure to have that link when we have the episode. But Auntie's going to come on the show, and we're going to talk story about all those things. And we have some, like I, I so many amazing people. I was hit up by like uh, Marines, Air Force people abroad. We got musicians. We've got fishermen. We got so like the response is really great, folks. And so hopefully next week we will have uh, some amazing talk story sessions. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next Sunday. Aloha. <gasps>